Thank you for tuning into the weekly sermon from Journey of Hope, a United Methodist community. We are a welcoming community that fosters belonging and acceptance. Through ministries, we enable individuals to transform their lives as they learn to follow Jesus Christ. We follow the guidance of the Spirit in sharing our faith through missional adventures, building relationships, and offering our witness to our community and world. We serve the Elgin, Illinois area and are located at the corner of Randall Road and Highland. To learn more about us, you can check us out at johumc.org or any of our social media platforms by searching Journey of Hope. And now, here is this week's message. The first reading comes from the book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 6 through 14. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on to you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, and will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Then Matthias is chosen to replace Judas. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hymn, from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. The second reading comes from the book of John, Chapter 17, verses 1 through 11. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. And Jesus prays to his disciples. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours, 
You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you who have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. May God bless the reading, hearing, and understanding of his word. Amen. Thank you, Gary. So I'm going to encourage you to... uh to have your bulletins. Your bulletins have your, those compass guide questions, those questions that you can reflect on throughout the week. Uh, jot some notes down uh, so that when the Spirit speaks to you this morning uh, that you remember what the Spirit is telling you. Will you pray with me? Gracious and Almighty God, God, I thank you for the message that you're about to give. God, I, uh, I ask that the words that I speak would no longer be my own, but that they would be your words, your words for your people. In Jesus' name, amen. So today is Ascension Sunday. It's, uh, it's when we remember Jesus' ascension into heaven. Uh, but something I should, you should probably just take note of is that, uh, that Jesus' ascension takes place 40 days after he was raised from the dead. Now, during these 40 days, we don't have a lot of information uh, about what they were doing or who we You see, in in Luke 24, it is said that Jesus opened their minds so they could understand the Scripture. He was telling them everything that was written about him and what was to happen, things that he already told them. Listen to verse 44. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still here with you. It was like he was telling them, I told you so. I told you so. I told you about all the things that were going to happen, and you didn't really think it was going to happen, did you? I told you so. Well, maybe not in those exact words. Uh, But he was letting them know that everything that was said about the Old Testament actually came true. It all pointed to Jesus dying on a cross for us. And then, so over the 40 days that Jesus was raised from the dead, what was Jesus and his disciples doing? I don't think that Jesus was lounging around waiting for his time to ascend into heaven. He wasn't sitting at home eating bonbons, watching the shepherding finals, or wondering if his mom was going to be cooking dinner. I believe Jesus was teaching and reminding the disciples of the things that he already taught them. It was like he was giving them a refresher course before sending them out into the world with a message of good news, maybe even a pep talk or two. Jesus was making sure that they were correct about the message and about the teachings that they were to give to the people. After all, they were given this message to go into the world and make disciples of all nations. Now, how were they supposed to do that if they didn't remember all the facts about his teachings? Well, guess what? We have that same command, do we not? 
Here at Journey of Hope, our our mission statement is very similar to that of the United Methodist Church, to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Luckily, we don't have to remember everything Jesus taught us just by listening because we've, we've got a book. We've got a book that we can refer back to uh, for all of his teachings and everything else. So what do the disciples have? I guess you could look at it maybe two different ways. You've got the, the half-full approach that says, they had Jesus. They had Jesus to, to teach them everything. They had the professor, the writer, and the creator. But if we look at the half-empty approach, think about your school days. When did you ever hear a teacher give a lecture or a pastor give a sermon and you remembered everything that they said? Very hard to do, I might, I might add. I might even say for us it's, it's impossible. They had Jesus teaching them, but I, know, but I don't know how they remembered everything that He said. How could they? And therefore, they needed a little bit of a refresher course on some of his teachings, time to reflect on what they learned and remember everything that Jesus taught them. Forty days of intense studying, worshiping, and learning. I'm getting ready to leave for a week of intensive studying and, uh, and listening to lectures, so I, I might get a little glimpse of what this might have been like. Uh, but I believe that this is what they were doing the time after Jesus' resurrection, But now what? All too quickly, Jesus ascends into heaven, and as he does, he he lets the disciples know that the Holy Spirit is coming. So get ready. Get ready. But now Jesus is gone. They saw him ascend into the clouds, and there they are waiting. Waiting for more instruction? (laughs) Waiting for him to come back? Maybe just waiting. How many times do we wait? We wait in the drive through sometimes longer than others. We wait for the beginning of a movie to start. We even wait in, our, wait in line for our turn to use the bathroom. But this is a different kind of waiting. This is waiting for instruction or the call to go and do something. It's like being frozen in time and unable to take that first step. I've run into this kind of waiting before. Maybe you have too. I have a dozen different projects to work on. The house needs cleaning. The yard needs mowing. My wife needs me to listen more. Where do I start? How do I start? Sometimes it takes a gentle prod to get the ball rolling. But once it starts, it's hard to stop. But it takes a little effort to get it going. How do you eat an elephant? One piece at a time. Most of you know that in the past I had worked in uh, construction equipment rental uh, before entering into ordained ministry. And within this industry, I've met a lot of different people and and worked with uh, some interesting individuals. One, I'll call him Jim. Sorry, Jim Eby, not have anything to do with you. Uh, Because here's, (laughs) you'll understand. Because Jim was not a self-starter. Uh, didn't like to find things to do or take it upon himself to improve the store with any ideas, marketing strategies, or even cleaning. He was complacent. I remember him one day. Uh, I came in, the, uh, came in the store one day, and uh, he was standing at the sales counter. And he was just standing there, staring straight forward. Almost didn't acknowledge me. He looked 
actually looked at peace. And so I asked him, I said, what are you doing? I'm waiting for the next customer. (laughs) Just waiting for the next customer. Just waiting? What? I mean, don't you have any other things to do? Other projects to complete? Other ideas that you would like to implement? No. (laughs) He was just waiting. Listen again to Acts 1, 9 through 11. He says, After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way that we have seen him go into heaven. Why are you just standing here looking into the sky? Is that what we're doing? Are we just looking towards heaven? Waiting for Jesus to come back to to give us more teaching, more parables, more examples? What more do we need? We have the Bible, we have the Scriptures, we have the teachings of Jesus. Isn't this enough? I mean, get busy and stop looking around waiting for Jesus to come back. He will be coming, but we don't know the time nor the place. We're not supposed to. We're supposed to be out there making disciples of everyone we meet, everyone we come in contact with. We already know the story. We know the teachings, and we know what we are supposed to do. So so why don't we do it? Could it be that we're hoping for some more teachings from Jesus? Maybe next time He will tell us that it's okay to love only those that look like us? That we really should rack up as many material possessions that we can while others struggle to put food on the table? Or maybe that we really don't have to sacrifice everything that Jesus requires of us as long as we're basically good people. He could come back and tell us that, right? Jesus has already given us the teachings we need to know. He has told us how to live and to love and how to treat each other. I talked a few different times about how we're supposed to be doing or what we're supposed to be doing and how we should actually carry ourselves and treat others. We actually just had a worship series on the love triangle about loving God, loving others, and loving ourselves. But here's where I just want to share this little prayer, one that most of you have heard. It's called the the prayer of St. Francis. And I know that many of you have heard this prayer before, and, uh, and if you're thinking you've not, you probably have. Uh, the prayer really impressed upon me how I am to live my life. I also know that I can't do it on my own. Therefore, because this is a prayer, it allows us to meditate on the words and the meaning behind them. So here it is. Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. Where there is hatred, Let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, let there be faith. Where there is despair, let me bring hope. Where there is darkness, let there be light. Where there is sadness, let there be joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand to be loved as to love, 
for it is in giving that we receive. And it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born into eternal life. Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. Ask God to use you for whatever his purpose is. Be the instrument that he is asking you to be. You know, God has called us to be the hands and feet of the world. And if you're having a hard time figuring what to do or how to be those hands and feet, read that prayer. Reflect on its true meaning. There is so much instruction here and so much that we find hard to do sometimes, but being a Christian is not so much about being perfect as it is about being forgiven. We don't have to be perfect because Jesus was. He was our example of how to live, how to serve, and how to love. We will probably never love and serve as well as Jesus did, but when we fall, we are forgiven. Remember that. I mean, think about all those times in my life that, I've, that, uh, that have been an inspiration to me in my faith and my Christian walk. Uh, and you probably have a good list of people that have helped you as well. There's actually a group of people here uh, that we're going to recognize this morning who have been journeying a 34-week course, being inspired by the readings and conversations and being encouraged by their teacher. You see, Mary Becker heard the call of the Spirit to lead a wonderful group of people. And their lives have been changed because of it. She is the hands and feet of Jesus Christ, using her gift to build the kingdom. And so at this moment, I'm going to ask all of those people who have traveled this disciple class, and they've joined together, if they would come forward, we want to to recognize you this morning. Would you go now, knowing that the love of God, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit goes with you always. Amen.